0: So we start with that uh, protest action at uh, various institutions of high learning across the country. The Student Representative Council at the Durban University of Technology is calling on management to attend to students issues including financial aid accommodation and transport. Classes at UKZN, Mangosutu University of Technology and the University of Zululand were also disrupted. Meanwhile in Gauteng uh, the University of the Witwatersrand's a Student Representative Council has condemned management for its use of private security. Now they say that private security officials on campus are victimizing and intimidating students who are protesting over accommodation and registration related issues. So to speak to us about this, we join on the line by South African Union of Students President Mishak Mugabe. Um, uh, Mr Mugabe, thanks for speaking to us this afternoon.
1: Uh, thank you very much Sakima.
0: So if you could just give us a little more clarity on the exact issues that have led to the suspension of academic activities at some of these institutions and exactly which universities are affected at this time.
1: Okay. uh, Thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, Now, I want to start by giving you the universities that are on protest. There are about eight universities. The University of KwaZiwakao, the the University of Zulu and the and they are affected by this registration uh, period and therefore they are protest now there are many issues that we are raising as students in relation to registration uh, challenges uh, that emanate first of all is the issue of student debt uh, student debt is a serious issue which, if we are not careful, will exclude the number of students. Universities are saying a student must clear all the debts before he's allowed to register. That's what is happening at the uh, University of Natal. that's what is happening at DUT, and so on. Now, we are saying a student cannot afford to pay and clear their debts now. In fact, if the universities insist, our students might end up taking breaks and going home. So we say, Education can continue until this issue is clarified. We want students to just sign debt acknowledgement form, and then they're allowed to register. That has been happening last year, that has happened in other universities, even this year. And there is further to that a community from the Department of Higher Education and also from the NSFs. It is clarifying that that students must sign debt acknowledgement form and be allowed to proceed with registration. So we don't understand why vice-chancellors are so arrogant and interpreting wrongly such a community. Number two is the issue of student accommodation. That has always been our problem, and we said this last year, that next year, resolve this issue was a ticking time bomb. Now we arrived at registration period, there's no enough accommodation for our students. Private landlords are demanding that students must pay upfront payment. Where do they get money? The financial aid start in April. You can't expect students to pay all their, uh, their upfront payment now for accommodation before even they, they receive uh, their allowances from MSR. So it's a big problem that we're facing, but not to extend the given conditions that are appalling in these, uh, in these uh, residences, whereby they increase residence fees, but conditions are very bad. There's no Wi-Fi, the windows are broken, there's a lot of problems with the buildings that dilapidated. Our students are staying in shady conditions. We so, are saying there needs to be improvement. That is the second issue. Then the, the third issue, of course, is the issue for MSFAS, where uh, the universities are demanding that you must pay registration fee or a minimum initial payment, even if you are an MSFAS beneficiary. And we are saying, no, MSFAS has proven beyond reasonable doubt through means test that this one from a poor family cannot afford. Why do you want the same person as a university pay? Uh, initial payment minimum initial payment so we're saying those students must be allowed to register without paying and MSRC will cover all those costs so there are more than 15 issues raised by students I was just like highlighting three of those 15.
0: Fair enough and then I have a few more questions on the three that you've highlighted firstly have the students engaged the university management before embarking on these protests?
1: Definitely, there are memorandums that were sent to investment management. There were meetings that said, there were engagements that set, and the, there is no solution. I know I can tell you, for example, at Waterloo University, when SRC members were in a meeting with the, the investment management, the Vice chancellor walked out of a meeting. Just imagine, instead of resolving issues. And if you go to the uh, University of Technology, The management is so arrogant to an extent that our men of students are being excluded from the system. We go to various universities, they are deploying security personnel to harass students, to intimidate student leaders, instead of engaging properly. So we are saying all these issues are caused by a lack of proper stakeholder engagement to resolve this issue, instead of sitting on one table to deal with this issue. The management has been arrogant. They've been also not interpreting or not accepting communiques from the Department of Higher Education, clarifying these issues to allow our students to register. So that is one of the problems that we are facing.
0: And with regard to uh, the appalling conditions, as you refer to them on some of uh, the uh, university residences, does that apply to all the universities uh, where the protests are currently taking place?
1: Yeah, you go to the University of you go to the University of Kazan, Natal, conditions are very bad. You know, I, I was at the University of course, in Natal some time ago in their residences. You find out that the conditions are so bad to understand that when it's raining, water can actually leak, leak from the rooftops. It's very bad, and our students cannot continue to stay under those conditions once they're allowed to pay a lot of uh, fees for, for, for those residences. So those are some of the problems that we are facing we are raising that they need to to be improved as well, including various services that must accompany a, a, a student accommodation. You know, I talked of Wi-Fi, but I also talk about the clean supply of water. I, I talk about a condition of learning. There must be a study area in a student residence where if you want to study, you go there and study. There must be uh, all those uh, things that must accompany student accommodation. There are DHT requirements for student accommodation. Universities are not uh, using those to ensure that students get proper accommodation. They are using their own processes which are flawed and dodgy in the process.
0: Okay, speaking about processes, explain to me the understanding and uh, perhaps uh, even the policy with regard to student accommodation. Whose responsibility is it? Is it the university's responsibility wholly to ensure that all students uh, receive accommodation?
1: Yeah, you know, according to what we've always raised as student leadership, is that all stakeholders must be involved in identifying quality, affordable student accommodation. But what happens is that other universities in procurement processes, they exclude students. They just come and say, here is a building. The whole part of how they procure that building is questionable. And there's also a lot of corruption happening in the process of procurement of student accommodation. That's why you find out that a private accommodation provider a to be accredited, despite the fact that the condition in that building is very bad and is not uh, inhabitable for our students. So th- those are the problems that we are facing. So we think all stakeholders must be involved in the process, including students, because students are the ones who are going to stay in that building. Therefore, they must be the ones who must be at the forefront of identifying a condition space where they want to go. Well, remember, students are not staying for free in this accommodation. They are paying, and some of them have to pay back some of these loans that they use to pay for this accommodation. Therefore, they must have a say in terms of where they stay. So, th- those are private accommodations uh, uh, that we are talking about. But they are also residents owned by the university. They are in far much worse condition. The Investors, they get money, they do nothing in terms of refurbishment. And improving. Uh, Some of these buildings are very old. They don't get renovated. So we're saying these are some of the problems that are going to cause health hazards if students continue to, to be disadvantaged that way.
0: So, um, going back to uh, KZN, uh, at uh, some of the Durban institutions, um, there were memoranda that were expected to be handed over uh, to university management. But we understand that uh, yesterday there was a scuffle that broke out between Sasco and EFF. Are you aware of that? And what is the situation there?
1: Yeah, no, I got a copy of memorandum. I know the issues is that students are submitting there. Uh, I know about the scaffold between SASCO and the EFF student command, and uh, that is an unfortunate incident which we do not support, and we condemn that uh, as leadership. We do not condone such behavior. When we are in a revolution, uh, Sakina, you must be united. Because if you are divided, you give opportunistic elements a chance to infiltrate the revolution. And the management can also need divide and conquer tactics to divide uh, uh, students so that they are able to manipulate uh, and, and defeat us from the the common people. So we are saying, student leaders must be united. Southcore and the student command and Pagma and So we must work together and ensure that we defend our students. the behavior of Ulikanu is wrong. But we know very well that this behavior has never uh, existed in our institution before. They only started to exist when some of the student organizations started to to emerge and exist in institutions of violence. And we want to condemn that because it's going to disadvantage the number of, and it's going to compromise the number of innocent students in the process.
0: Well, thanks so much, uh, Mishak Mugabe, President of the South African Union of Students. And uh, we are joined now on the line uh, by uh, Wits University, uh, the um, spokesperson for the university, Sharona Patel, because um, the Wits University students are protesting over accommodation and registration issues as well, and uh, this in most part relating, as we understand, to past debt. Now, they want all Students with current debt to the university to be able to register and the SRC has vowed to disrupt all academic activity until their demands are met. So uh, for more on this we join now by VIT spokesperson Sharona Patel. Sharona good to speak to you thanks for taking our call.
2: Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Uh,
0: I'm just uh, running through uh, Twitter here, Sharona, and of course uh, trending at uh, number one there is Wits Hunger Strike. And uh, just looking through that thread, uh, looking at some of the pictures, uh, the videos that are being posted, and what some of the students are saying. Here's one, Azra Karim, who says, This is absolutely disgusting, uh, Wits University and Adam Habib. We all know that these students were sitting and singing in Solomon, Llangu House concourse, call your men to order. And this is something that the the president of the South African Union of Students, Mishak Mugabe, whom I just spoke to, also highlighted about what's happening at WIT, saying that uh, the university seems to have deployed security personnel to harass these protesting students. So let's start by responding to that, if you will.
2: Okay, uh, let's start with the other side of the story then. So, let me say upfront that the university does not, uh, well, well, the university condemns any form of violence, whether it's uh, from the uh, private security that has been brought on board, campus protection services, or whether it's the students themselves. So, um, just to take a step back, the videos that you're seeing online are referred to a scuffle which happened this morning. Uh, yesterday, we had a group of students who occupied the administration building, Solomon Mashlango House, and they stopped people um, who were inquiring at the enrollment center, who were paying their fees, they threatened people at the fees and um, scholarships office, etc. The group of students then broke up and disrupted uh, five or six lectures yesterday, um, basically disrupting lectures and getting students out of class. Uh, once that happened, uh, the university at this time was engaging with the SRC, and is still engaging with the SRC, but um, at the same time they were disrupting classes. The university then brought in a private security, mostly to protect the academic programs. So We put them outside lecture theaters and lecture programs so that lectures are not disrupted. Um, I have to say that out of you know, the 37,500 students that we have at VITS, um, we've had under, well, this morning we had 30, the numbers have gone to about 100 students who are actually uh, protesting.
0: So, and I just want to bottom line this because, as I said, I'm looking at this thread on Twitter mm-hmm. and overwhelmingly, these students are posting here saying they're being manhandled by private security on campus. They're saying this is a peaceful protest, this Wits hunger strike and uh, here's another one from Neo underscore URL who says Wits students chose the most peaceful form of protest uh, which is the hashtag Wits hunger strike and study occupation and they are still being subjected to brutality by private security under management's instruction. So can you just clarify this for us. Is your private security company on campus harassing those students who are peacefully protesting?
2: And, so, you know, as I said, there was one incident this morning and you can imagine that the same video is obviously um, going viral on, on social media. There was an incident this morning which we have committed and um, to investigate and we're definitely doing that through our own internal systems as well as through the private security company that was brought on board. So there was one scuffle in which one person was injured. That person is uh, doing okay now, he's doing well, he was seen to by the Vitz Campus Health and Wellness Center, um, and, and that's been resolved. And the reason the scuffle broke out is because the students refused to move from um, – they, they, firstly, they threatened people in the finance um, and financial aid and scholarship's office. They uh, threatened students and told students that if they went to class, that they would be prevented from going to classes, etc. So all they did was the security asked them to move to a place, so, so they have the right to protest, they have the right to, to have their voices heard. But we're asking that other students do not be intimidated. We're asking that lectures not be disrupted, and that the university activities for those who want to participate in university activities that they continue to go ahead. Um, for that specific incident, we have, uh, we are. Um, it, uh, there will be an internal inquiry in the first instance to find out what happened. So we are reviewing the video coverage, and we will take it up with the, the security company in line with our rules and policies. So that's that's on the on the first issue. On, on the second is that today um what they're calling a peaceful protest is indeed that, because they haven't disrupted classes today. All our classes have gone ahead without disruption, and that's because we've stationed um, security guards outside every lecture theater. Um, so I can say that the academic program has gone ahead today. Um, thirdly, on the issues that have been raised, firstly, on the issue of accommodation, we um, WITS has, and I can't speak on behalf of the other universities, but at WITS University we've got 6,200 beds, all of which um, we have allocated already. The demand for accommodation is more, and, and this is true for the entire country, um, and we need at least about 13,000 beds. What we've done is we've engaged with all the service providers around us. And contrary to, um, to what the students are saying, uh, we have negotiated with these uh, service providers that for students and NISFAS, et etc. that they don't need to pay the deposits upfront. Uh, we have negotiated uh, the amounts that that will be paid to these uh, service providers. We've allocated some 12 million rand in the Bits hardship fund for any student who requires um, what we're calling urgent accommodation or critical accommodation. All students need to do is apply to the fund. The SRC sits on the fund. They're part of the committee that makes the decisions there. And that process is still underway. So for students who require, uh, accommodation immediately, we've made a provision of 12 million rand, and uh, we've protest, processed about 300 students in the last few days already, so um, so that, that's been made. Where we can't assist is on the second demand, which is on the historical debt, so the students are demanding that anyone who's got historical debt, uh, which could be 100,000 rand or more, that they be allowed to register, and this will make the oh, universities, uh, um, fi- it will take away the financial sustainability of universities if we allow everybody who owes 100,000 Rand to register and to keep studying. Uh, we get about a third of our funds from, from government, about a third from student fees and a third from third stream of private income, um, which, which all goes towards the university's budget, but um, we simply cannot afford to register everybody who owes the university 100,000 Rand.
0: So uh, with regard to the lack of stakeholder engagement, which uh, Gabriel uh, rather Mishak Mugabe spoke about there, um, have you engaged the students sufficiently with regard to how you actually um, identify some of the uh, places of accommodation that they make use of?
2: Absolutely. Now, absolutely. In terms of accommodation, we've definitely engaged with, with the SRC. Um, in fact, since last year, we've been engaging with the SRC on accommodation. This year, we've made more beds available. We are paying for 200 more uh, beds in terms of emergency accommodation when compared to, to last year. we've um, uh, Just over the weekend, there were 80 people who required they, – they, they just arrived here and had no place to stay. We found accommodation for them. And the SRC is part of the committee of, that's raising funds for the hardship fi- uh, fund, which is twelve million million. This sit on the committee that allocates these uh, these beds. So they've been with us throughout it. We met with them last week, uh, representatives from management. They were in engagements yesterday. Uh, but it's almost as if you're engaging and agreeing on A, B, and C in, in, in the boardroom, and uh, at the same time, the students are disrupting lectures, G, E, and F, on the other side. So, you know, it feels like we're negotiating on the one hand, but at the same time, they're disrupting, which means that we feel that they don't honor the, um, the agreements that we come to, you know, in the boardroom but despite that we we still believe there's no way that you can resolve this issue or any crisis through security or through a protest you have to uh, resolve the issue around the table and we've committed to that our doors are open from our vice principal right through to our dean of students they've been on the ground available yesterday today to to speak with students
0: well thank you so much there uh, sharona patel a spokesperson for the university of the Witwatersrand.